Hello, and welcome back to the Consummate Athlete Podcast. We are your two very tired co-hosts, Molly Herford and Peter Glassford. So we're pretty tired because if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know we just came off of Iron Man this Sunday. Um, we're going to have a whole episode coming for that with some of our things we've learned. But overall, I'd say it was a pretty successful day for both of us. What do you think? Yeah, it went fairly well. I don't think we really had any major catastrophes or anything like that. So it was it was good a day. It was a good experience. Yeah. Um, pretty well a run event, a lot of moving pieces. So it was cool to see that and all the different variety of people. It was good people watching. I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Peter, I can't wait for you to do another triathlon that isn't an Ironman just so you can see what like it feels like showing up morning of with all your gear and setting up transition and stuff. Well, I think you're going to have to wait a long time. I have sworn that this is the end of my triathlon career. One triathlon, one Ironman. That. I believe I was just asked by the Ironman Corporation, and I told them no triathlon. The Ironman Corporation. It's a large corporation. Yeah, but they don't own all of them. No, they asked me if I was going to do other ones, and I said, no, it's not you. It's me. <laughs> Peter says this. He actually had an amazing race, so... My, my dad might be more proud of him than he is of me. And again, I feel like my dad doesn't listen, so I throw him under the bus like that pretty much every episode. It's great. Well, he has an iPad, so he might listen. Yeah. Anyway, uh, today's guest is my... I'm going to call her my good friend, Tara. I met her as I was researching a piece for vegan runners over at mapmyrun.com. We'll have to put that in the show notes. But we ended up talking for probably an hour the first time we chatted, just about, you know all of the things that she was into because she's into so many different sports and cool stuff with her life uh, she's very into ultra running and yoga so i kind of knew we needed to have her on the show so today's episode we talk all about kind of how to get into both of those especially in the context of having a busy life and you know life outside of sport which i think is something we sometimes struggle with since our life is kind of all about that yeah <laughs> very wordy peter's had a really long weekend so we will keep this one short and just dive right in but stay tuned like i said for our bonus episode on all things iron man if you're into that kind of nerdy stuff but in the meantime enjoy this chat with tara all right so first of all welcome to the podcast i'm so excited that i i you know managed to find you for that other article i was working on and then you know, realized that I desperately wanted to have you on our consummate athlete thing. So, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> uh, let's let's start with like your your background. I mean, you're you're an ultra running yogi and hiking and into all kinds of stuff. What got you into? I mean, I guess athletics in general. Were you an active kid, or when did you start getting into all that stuff? I was an active kid, but I um. You know, I, I played basketball in grade school, and um, yeah, but once I hit middle school, I was like, oh, I wasn't really interested in basketball anymore. Rode horses for a while with a good friend of mine. Okay. Um, we do, not competing or anything, um, we do like trail riding, grow, mm -hmm. you know, growing up in the country, just head off to the trails and to the mountains. Um and hiked as a kid to basically Mount Abe, which is one of our 4,000 footers in Ooh. Vermont. We, those are our high peaks mm -hmm. for us on the East Coast. Um, 
is right in my front yard still to this day. It's about a uh, five-minute drive, three to five-minute drive to the trailhead. Oh, that's awesome. So, so you pretty much ride, had to get into that. Yeah. So we would just kind of like ride our horses over and maybe ride our horse up part of the trails. Um, but we also like school trips. We would hike. Um, mm-hmm. It was a common one for school, like field trips and stuff like that. But also just to get out and do something, kind of go and explore. And there was a shelter on the way up and um, hang out there. And so, yeah, that's that was awesome. right in my front yard. That's, that's what got me into hiking. So that I was active as a kid in that way. And then in high school, I didn't really play sports. We mainly focused on riding horses and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I played, I think I played field hockey in middle school. I was like, uh, eh, this is okay. And I was the kid that was like, any time in gym we had to do the mile run on the track, I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to die. Yep. I hate running. <laughs> this, this is horrible. Um, and I actually just went back last year um, to do a track workout, and it was the first time I had been back in um, quite a few years. Oh, my gosh. And, uh, it's so felt funny. felt a lot different. Every time I talk to somebody that's like a serious runner now – they inevitably tell me that they hated the mile run in gym class. <laughs> yes. I am no different. I keep saying, I'm like, I once pretended to throw up to get out of it. <laughs> like, I did everything I could to avoid having to shuffle through that mile. I'd walk, I'd walk, run it. I figured, I was like, oh, if I stop, walk, stop and walk, you know, maybe yep. my teacher will say, come on, get out. No more running. You're not doing this. Let's go. Nope. Nope. So that was that. And I went back. We have a dirt track still. Um, and it was awesome. I actually don't mind doing some speed workouts there. It's a great, <laughs> great spot. Now I'm like, oh, wow, I love this place. Um, definite change of attitude. Yeah. And so what got you, yeah, what shifted the attitude? What got you into running? Um, when I was in my early 20s, I was dating somebody that was a soccer player and a runner. Um, and he kind of would take off for runs just to stay in shape more so for his soccer. Mm-hmm. So I started I started doing that as well. I lived in um, Burlington, and we had the Burlington bike path, which was pretty awesome, along Lake Champlain. So I'd just go and, you know, trot along on that. Mm-hmm. What I would call a run that was pretty pathetic in my eyes, but not now I still think it's great everybody has to start somewhere but then I was just like I am not really a runner this isn't running you know yeah um but he would take off and he would do telephone sprints and then he'd come back to me and then he'd take off and then he'd come back to me so um it was fun and it got me out there consistently and then I just I kept with it and then you know I turned into like a run three miles after work or before work a few times a week and then maybe get in a five or six mile run on the weekends okay and then um, one of my clients, I was cutting her hair and she's like, I'm in a running group, um, at Fleet Feet and you should come join our group. I was like, no, I don't want to run with a bunch of people. That's yeah. not my thing. <laughs> she's like, we're training for a 10K. I don't, I don't really have any interest. She was like, I promise you like the group. Um, there's one girl there. She works in a vet's office because I'm a huge animal person. You like her. She's funny. Um, and so she described the people to me. So I was like, okay, I'll join you one. So <laughs> I went over. Fantastic group. I am still friends with the group of people. Um, 
they're awesome. We keep in touch. We still do some races together. And um, I then turned into uh, a little mentor for a Fleet Feet group later. I, g- I gave back. Um, oh, and that cool. Was, yeah, that was, that was fun as well. And then um, I never wanted to do any races. They talked me into doing the first 10K with them. And I think I went right from a 10K to a half. Sure. <laughs> I remember saying, I will never, ever run a full marathon. <laughs> it's, it's so bad for you. It's so bad. <laughs> and so um, I remember another client came in, and she was at the UVM med school, and she was running too, and I think she ran half marathons. And she said, you know what we did in class today? We measured the enzymes from somebody that completed a marathon to somebody that just had a heart attack. And they're the same level. She's like, it's so bad. And we were you know, <laughs> talking about how horrible marathons are for you. Mm-hmm. And then I think it was the next year I signed up for my first marathon. And then after I did my first marathon, the following year I signed up for my first 50K. And it was the Vermont 50. And, um, yeah, and then I just took off for, from there. Oh, and I love year, that. This <laughs> yeah, so- year will be my first 100 that I that I signed up for crazy so do you yeah. ever worry now that you're doing the thing that's bad for you or do you feel pretty awesome no mm-hmm. I think it's great for you <laughs> <laughs> enzymes be damned <laughs> exactly exactly so what made you I mean you you just said you enjoyed doing track work a couple of times so what made you want to do like those long endurance things versus you know maybe focusing on something shorter What's the allure Okay, hmm? let me get something straight. <laughs> I am not a sprinter by any means whatsoever at mm-hmm. all. And I actually used to despise speed work. This is the first year that I've enjoyed doing speed work. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not particularly a fan of the track per se, but I enjoy going back to my high school track. Yeah. <laughs> being able to breathe and run a complete mile with a completely different uh, mindset. I love that. You're like looking around for your gym teacher, like, where's your stopwatch? Right, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So it, it was just like the love was because I can do this. I feel great. Mm-hmm. And I'm back. And now I'm going to tackle you. Yeah, I do love that. I I think I agree. Like I'm always more inclined to want to go longer. And in the back of my brain, I'm like, I should probably try to go fast in like some of these shorter things at some point. But to me, it's actually way harder to focus on speed work than it is to just like go out for like an hour or like two hours just running at like comfortable pace, just kind yeah. of enjoying yourself. Like, does anything is anything better than that? Because I love it. No, that that's the euphoria. Like, just get into your zone, uh, you know, zone out. Yeah, exactly. And lose yourself in the trails, on the road, wherever, you know, you may mm-hmm. be. And then just take off. Exactly. So, yeah, for people who are thinking about, I mean, their first marathon, for some people, this might even be like their first 5K might seem like a really long distance. But for people that are thinking like first ultra marathon, you know, what are some of the things that you learned after you did that first 50K? Were there any, like, major takeaways or major mistakes that you um, made that you immediately wanted to correct? Or No, actually, it was awesome. It was nice. it was amazing. It, I, um, 
I had no idea if I was ready. I mean, I, I obviously trained, mm-hmm. but I didn't. I didn't. I was like, I don't, how do you know if you're ready? I've never ran this far, you know. Yeah. Um, but I remember this girl, and and I'm still friends with her on social media. Her name is Tammy, and um, she goes. She's done a ton of ultras. I didn't know this at the time. But she's completely dressed in pink. I mean, she had. I mean, she's pink. That's her color. If, if you see her at one race, you will be able to spot her out in the crowd at every mm-hmm. race because she just, that's her signature uniform. And um, so we ended up being side by side at one point. And um, I just, you know, she started chatting with me and she's like, is this your first? Or she started chatting with me and it came up that this was my first ultra. And I was like, and she's and I'm like, well, how about you? And she's like, well, I've done a hundred, I've done a fifty, I've done. I was like, oh, oh boy. do you mind if I pick your brain? She's like, no, absolutely. And then she kind of gave me some like critical tips that day that that I've kept with me to this day. The biggest one was walk the hills. Yes. But <laughs> coming from road running marathons, mm-hmm. you don't walk a hill. Only the weak walk the hills. You know, yep. that, that's that mindset you get in. And it's it's just the, the stress and the pressure that we put on ourselves as individuals. If I saw anybody else walking a hill, I would never be like, oh, they're weak. They can't do this. But for me, I was like, I can't walk a hill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she's like, you need to walk every hill. And it was really great that she stuck with me because she's, we walked the hills and we stayed there. And the, I'd have to say, except for the elites that were running, Every, and, and they walked a lot of hills, too. But all of a sudden, you just saw the whole crowd slow down, and you could see the heads bobbing. Everyone's walking up the first hill. I was like, oh, people really do do this. Yeah. Everybody walked the hills. And um, and so that was great. And then she talked to me about fueling um, a little bit. I could, get, I could get away fueling the same way for a 50K as I could for a marathon. So I was okay. I had to learn more down the road. But we talked about that. Um, in the aid stations, and she stayed with me my entire my entire 50k. So that Aww. that was awesome. Yeah, That's so nice. And it was like there was that. It was the fact that you walk the hills. It was the fact that people talk to you when you run, and and you make friends. Road mm-hmm. running, you're, it's like you're gone. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. It's actually sort of the same I've realized with some cycling events, like road women's road cycling, because we ride in a pack for so much of it. You can start, like, chatting with the people next to you and getting some tips. You might also mm-hmm. really piss off the person next to you, though, so you've got to be careful about who you pick to talk to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I do love that about, yeah, like, the longer runs. And, I mean, speaking of fueling, so last time we talked, we talked a ton about how you handle this on a vegan diet. So what does fueling look like for you? Um, during, before, or after? Let, let, let's go all three, because I feel like this is just such an interesting topic to me. Okay. So um, it's evolved over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, and personally, um, what works best for me may not work best for everybody else, because we're, you know, all different individuals. Totally. But I've found, you know, I used to, you know, eat some junk, not a lot. And I did that, and it was okay, because isn't that why we run? So we can eat whatever we want. Right. <laughs> um, but then as things evolved, I realized, well, the better fuel that I use, the better I recover, the better I perform, um, and the better I feel overall. Mm-hmm. So, mo- you know, more recently, 
within the last couple of years, I'm really just eating whole a lot of whole foods. So, you know, my breakfast will consist of a smoothie um, of some sort. If not a smoothie, then it's oatmeal with nuts and berries. Um, and then for breakfast, I... Um, I always have a huge, and when I say huge, I mean huge salad. And basically it consists of mixed greens, um, shredded beets, shredded carrots, tomatoes, microgreens. I just kind of pack it full with uh, multicolored veggies. And then um, I'll put some seeds on top, such as sunflower seeds. Mm-hmm. And then I always make some sort of, I call it a bean mash. So I make like a chickpea mash of some sort, um, and put a scoop of that on top, kind of similar to as if someone was putting tuna salad um, on top of their right. their salad. Um, and then dinner, you know, I'll have another salad, um, and then I'll do like a rice bowl, so I'll do some brown rice with um, a bunch of diced veggies on there. Oh. And um, You are the only person that makes salad sound delicious to me. <laughs> ah, I love them. Every time I talk to you, I just get off the phone. I'm like, I need a salad right now. Mm. It never happens. (laughs) Yeah, and it fills you up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it it just, and it's anti-inflammatories, antioxidants. It's just, it's so good for you. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I wasn't really a big salad myself, a lover, um, Mm -hmm. before. But then I was just like, at first I was like, okay, I'm eating salads. I'm eating them for lunch and I'm eating them for dinner. And then all of a sudden I started experimenting and putting the chickpea mash on top or the pinto bean mash or refried beans. I, you know, I'll make a taco salad. It's, it's, there's so many diff- – you're thinking, oh, all, all I do is eat salad. Well, most people eat chicken, broccoli, and potato. And then the next night they have steak, green beans, Another and potato. rice. You know, like, <laughs> it's, it, yeah, and it's like the same thing. It's not really any different. You can, I could make it into a taco salad and do refried beans with taco seasonings and then, you know – do mm-hmm. diced avocado and you change your your ingredients um so i don't i don't get sick of it i love it mm-hmm. no i love that it's funny you're exactly right like i've been back at my parents for this past week visiting them and watching my dad it is literally meat and potatoes every night and like we put salad out on the table like we put other stuff out his plate is always like brown and white <laughs> that is it. yeah yeah and it's yep. like I'm like, Dad, just like, just, just a little bit of spinach. That's all I'm asking. Yeah. Just put a little bit on there. He's like, nope, won't do it. No, I don't know. Eventually, I think people will catch on and change. I I see it slowly happening. Yeah, for sure. And then so during your runs, do you, do you break that like whole food healthy thing and go gels or do you still aim for real foods? So sometimes I'll do some gels. Um, cause I, I just need that, that instant energy that you get. Oh yeah. Like I've um, tried to do bars and you know what, for some stuff, you just gotta go gel. It just goes exactly. down. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I'll also make like, um, what I call a sports cookie, you know, mm-hmm. not like your regular dessert cookie, but with ingredients that you need, um, to fuel you. So I'll make something along those lines. I'll make an energy ball. Um, those are quite common now. They didn't mm-hmm. used to be like when I was playing around in the kitchen in the beginning. I was, there was nothing. Now you can like Google that, and there's like thousands of recipes for energy balls. Um, yeah. So gels, energy balls, um, 
rice packets. I'll, I'll make like some rice concoction, um, mm-hmm. and I'll I'll do that as well. I've brought out pancakes, waffles, potatoes with salt. Oh, so good. Yeah, anything, anything that you can stomach. Yeah. Basically, when your mileage gets high, you and you know one thing is whatever you've used, you got to train your gut. And whatever oh, yes. you've used for your training does not mean you are going to use that on um, your race day. You might get there and you might be like, I don't want these energy balls. They're disgusting. <laughs> when the, all during training you love them that day, they just don't sit in your stomach right. So you have to bring extra things. So for like my 50 last year, I ended up bringing just black licorice. So this is where the whole food part goes out the door. Oh, for sure. Once, once your mileage gets up, you eat whatever you can to get whatever you need. So I had black licorice. Um, a staple that I always bring is pickles. Um, I did this before the trend just because my grandfather drank pickle juice. I grew up drinking pickle juice. I'll take a swig of pickle juice. I'll eat a pickle. Mm-hmm. Um, it's awesome. Um, what else did I bring? Oh, gosh, I brought like... Um, fruit leather, you know, mm-hmm. type things, fruit roll-up or fruit leather type things. Um, I didn't train with any of those. I brought some hot soup and a thermos um, just oh for the gosh. sodium. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anything. Oh, so, crazy. yeah. The soup thing is hilarious. I remember actually after my first Ironman sitting in, that was back during my vegan days too. So I remember sitting in the shower afterwards with just like a cup of like vegetable broth from like a grocery store that we like had to reheat, like we had to heat it in the microwave at the grocery store in a coffee cup. And I'm just sitting in the shower crying, (laughs) sipping this vegetable broth. Just what have I done? Mm -hmm. So I have very fond memories of um, the vegetable broth for endurance events and it's probably like the best vegetable broth you thought you've ever had absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely so do you run with a pack or belt or i, I do i run um with a solomon pack okay um, yeah so holds my water mm-hmm. and food yeah so what is and then of course on? i take the pit stops yeah oh for sure we're not animals but, <laughs> um, and the aid station's gonna have some pretty good food too. Mm-hmm. So when you take a little pit stop to the aid station, you can still have something you don't have in your pack, and it's just enough to change it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Give you a little something different. Yeah. So what is a normal? Well, I guess there isn't really a normal week of training when you're changing your distances. But so right now, for example, with the hundred coming up, what's what's a normal week look like? Oh. For just like running, yeah. Like what well, do I do? All your training, because I know okay. you also teach yoga too, which I'll get to yeah. later. But so I do teach off the mat. So when I teach, it's not I'm not actually practicing. Mm-hmm. I'm wandering around the room to make sure everybody's alignment is proper and safe. And um, so I do practice personally every day mm-hmm. by either um, taking a class myself or um, practicing at home. Mm-hmm. So. Yoga is, um, you know, my motto before was real runners don't stretch. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of people don't. And um, so this year I was like, okay, I think last year I was, I was practicing, but not every day. Um, but I was like, this year I was like, I kind of want to get further in my yoga practice. And as my mileage goes up, my flexibility kind of goes down. 
Right. So I know, um, in my opinion, if you practice four times a week, you can actually um, get deeper into your yoga practice. So you can get a little more flexible. You can hit some more mo- work on more moves that you know you're trying to hit that you haven't hit before. Not that that's what it's about. But um, I know four times a week will will get you strong into your practice. Mm-hmm. So I, this year I was like, okay, I'm practicing every day. How has that been? Have you missed any days? Or what do you do when you're realizing like your day is ticking away and you haven't gotten to do your yoga? Well, so that's a whole other aspect. <laughs> I, um, because I'm not an elite and I have to work and I have my own business here, I actually um, have a date book. And in my date book, I schedule yoga is at this time. You know, here's my hours that I work. Mm-hmm. My run fits in here. And that's kind of sort of how I prioritize it. doesn't leave me with a lot of extra time to, you know, go out and meet the girls for appetizers or stuff like that. I still will fit that in, but I decided this year to make this my priority. So everything goes in my date book so I know, you know, when things are going to get done. And it's not an option. It's not like, oh, I have a, you know, 10-mile run today and I just get to work and then, oh, where am I gonna, when am I going to run? Right. I'm going to have to do it after. So I I plan it out. Um, But like, um, let's see. Do you want, like last week I ran a marathon. Do you want like the week leading up to my marathon or a regular, a regular? Like a regular, regular week because the marathon lead up would be tapered, right? I hope, I assume. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. So like Monday, usually I'm coming off from a long weekend. So I'll do like a recovery run for 45 minutes to an hour. Oh my gosh. I, first of all, I just love that for ultra runners, the recovery run is an hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that just cracks me up. And then of course, you know, then I'll fit my yoga in and then Tuesday is a rest day for running. So then, um, I'll, I'll just do yoga. And then Wednesday would be something like an interval workout for an hour. Um, do, you know, about 30 minutes of a weight routine and also um, fit my yoga in. Thursday would be something like an hour recovery run again. And then, um, let's see, Saturday I'd probably run for like an hour and a half, throw some intervals in there. Mm -hmm. And then Sunday would be like a long run. um, And depending on where I was for, like I had a race coming up, so I'd probably just go out for, you know, maybe a two-hour long run, three-hour, three-and-a-half. Like this weekend, I have like a, a think, a four-hour long run. Um, let's see, what is this weekend? May 1st? Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, so something like that, something along those lines. Um, oh, yeah. gosh. And, and then I just, you know, practice the yoga, get the yoga in there and balance out the the tightening of the muscles from all the running mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll try to throw in another um a weight another weight workout session I'm not too worried about it this year like last year was you know really consistent on getting twice a week if I only get once a week I'm okay because when I do yoga I really focus on activating the leg muscles activating the core you know going down in chaturanga using my upper body mm-hmm. um so I kind of I will I can count if I do a more vigorous practice I can count that as um, a weight workout. Sure. Well, when you are in the gym doing your strength training, what does that look like? I'm so happy that you said that because I feel like so many people think that runners just run. 
Mm-hmm. So I, pr- I focus primarily on legs. I will do, um, I do push-ups. And, of course, in yoga, I, you do a lot of push-ups oh, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, those push-ups are kind of more geared towards your triceps. But for, like, a weight workout, I'll do something. Um, I do pull-ups. Um, so I'll do pull-ups for my upper body because I just think that's awesome for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll do, like, a, leg, a single leg press. I'll do some squats single leg hamstring curls. Um, I'll do hip abduction. I'll do single leg chair sit. Um, I don't do my calves because they're really tight. Um, <laughs> and so I, I just, I leave, I leave my calves alone, but I do recommend doing them if, if they're not too tight. I'll do some lunges, box jumps. Um, if I wasn't doing yoga, I would do Supermans, but you get a lot of that when you do the heart openers, like when you do bow pulling pose or locusts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's not a long workout, um, and it's not super heavy. It's enough for, you know, I'll feel it. I'll be a little bit sore. Um, and I generally try to do that after, um, if I do an intense, I'll get my, like, interval or my speed work um, in my run first, and then I'll come in from my run and hit the weights. Okay. So my legs are already fatigued. I'm not lifting at my at my full capacity anyway. That's probably really smart. It sort of automatically keeps you a little calmer than you would be if it was when you were freshest. Right. So it's, it, it, it is hard. Um, a couple of times, not often, but a couple of times, I will like, okay, I'm going to hit the weights first, and then I'm going to go out. And I'm going to run on tired legs just for the experience of training myself to run with tired legs. Right. Which also makes sense. I like that either, either way you do it, there's, there's definitely a benefit. Yeah. Very cool. And what do you, when you have like a four hour run, what are you doing during it? Do you listen to music? Do you listen to podcasts? Do you like kind of queue up a list of things to think about. I know that one sounds weird, but I do that. So I'm wondering if I'm crazy. <laughs> no, no, actually, you know, I don't know. It's so weird. I Sometimes I'll listen to music, not very often, but um, I, I try to save my music if, I, if I'm in a bad spot where I'm fatigued or I'm having a bad run or whatever. Music is amazing where it can kind of bring you out of that yes the emergency playlist exactly um and i needed that for my marathon this past weekend did not go as planned this still was great and it was fine but i was like okay i need a little help right now and you pull that out and then all of a sudden you look down at your watch and you're like wow what a difference yeah um and so that happens um I tend I don't listen to music on the trails for a couple of reasons. I run on mountain biking trails, and okay. it's dangerous because you can't hear a bike. Oh, you're the politest runner ever. Oh well, I'm hard of hearing, so I don't hear well. And I bring my dog with me a lot, um, so she's my extra set of ears. And okay. I'm also um, there's bears, there's moose, oh, um, yeah. bobcats. So I, you, you need to be alert. So no music on the trails. Um, and uh, when I'm on the trails, I'm like, I don't know, I'm happy because I'm exercising my dog. That makes me happy. It, it ends up turning into a being about her and not myself. And she's happy because she loves to run. She'll run all day long. Um, 
What and kind of dog is this? I have a rescue, and she is a Pitbull Dalmatian mix. Okay. Yeah, and she requires um, a lot of exercise, mm-hmm. and uh, she's she's a good running partner. So she just goes. She loves it. She'll go forever. Um, so I, you know, that makes me happy to see her happy. But then you just you get into the zone. And you start feeling good. And then you cannot think about, oh, there's a root there, there's a rock there. You still have to stay aware and you're still alert. But then you start thinking about your race or your training or anything you can think of. Mm -hmm. If you're watching a show on Netflix, the book you're reading, sometimes I'll think about, okay, what new pose can I teach in class? Or what is my class going to look like when I teach this evening? Or Mm-hmm. What's my playlist for my class going to look like this evening? Because we don't generally listen to yoga calming music in class. Um, if we're doing slow, we, you know, you can kind of pick a fun playlist and plays, you know, anything you want. So I might be like, okay, let me think about my playlist and start to plan my playlist. Um, stuff like that. Yeah. You, you're, you're, your mind wanders all over and you're looking and the next thing you know, you're like, oh, wow, it's four hours. What did I think about? Yeah, <laughs> you know, and you go back, you go back, and you can and you can remember like oh, because you make a point to remember your playlist, remember the sequencing of your class that you're about to, you know, teach later that evening, but you can't, you don't really oh yeah, I remember I thought about oh I gotta do this this and that, but you kind of forget you're like everything else that you thought about. Yeah, no, that definitely happens to me. I finally had to get a little like. I got the Apple Watch, and I would have gotten pretty much anything at that point that could record my thoughts occasionally, because I hate when I think of something while I'm running, and then have nowhere to put it. Yes, yes. (laughs) That drives me crazy, because I always think of story ideas and stuff on the run, because I think it just, like, clears your mind, and then all of a Mm -hmm. sudden you think of, like, you know, the solution to the problem, and you're like, oh my god, I'm going to forget the solution to this problem. Oh no. Exactly. Oh no. You find... (laughs) It makes you so creative. You can, you can, you just, your creativity juices are flowing exactly. at full tilt. Yeah. And that's the yeah. other oh, reason. Oh, good idea on the Apple Watch. Thank oh, you. It's, it's been a game changer. I actually almost had bought, like, it was only that, like, Christmas and my birthday were coming up, so I got it, but, like, I was actually going to get just a recorder wristwatch for, like, $15 on Amazon, mm-hmm. which would have well, done exactly the same trick. Yeah, but I've been looking for an excuse to get an Apple Watch. In that case, yeah, I could totally sell you on it because it's been really awesome for that exact purpose. So I'm going to be that person out there with my Suto on my watch. left hand <laughs> and my Apple Watch on my right hand. Yep, yep. <laughs> Just talking into it on the trail. It's mm-hmm. great. You feel like a total dork, but you know what? You remember that thing that you need to remember. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it it was just such a great idea for me to have that. I I've remembered so many more story ideas. Um anyway, uh awesome. So you work you work in a hair salon in a gym, which I love, by the way. How yeah. how did you end up with that in that situation? Cuz it is the most genius thing I've ever heard of. Well, it was not my idea. So, when I was in cosmetology school, the um owner of the cosmetology school, him and his wife actually started this salon inside the gym, the Sporty Look. Okay. Then they sold it to one of their graduates because they're like, we have a school, you know, 
they mm-hmm. they were older and like we're, we wanted to scale back on our businesses and he owned lots of other salons. So they sold it to this woman, Jen. And when we had to graduate school, we had to interview ten salons um, as our final was one of our final projects, and um, they recommended that I that I interviewed this one. And I guess there were kind of like a, a set of eyes for her to pick out people from the school if she needed people to come work for her. Mm-hmm. So I interviewed, you know, nine other salons in this one. And I remember sitting in in the salon um, that's inside the gym, and there's sliding glass doors that go out to the hallway, and then across from me is a tennis racket shop where he sells tennis rackets and tennis shoes because there's also tennis courts here, indoor courts as well as outdoor courts. And we were sitting there interviewing, and the people were popping in, hey, Jen, uh, I'll see you tomorrow for my eyebrow wax. And then, hey, Jen, are you coming to kickboxing? You know, it was kickboxing back then, kickboxing class tonight. Yeah, I'll be at kickboxing, save my spot. Um, and people were walking by, and just I, I just thought it was so cool that she could cut their hair and then see them every day or three times a week. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, you would see your clients once a month or right. six, eight, twelve weeks. And I was like, "This is cool." And I, I was running, so I was interested in working out. Um, and I was like, "This is kind of the environment I'd like to be around: it's high, healthy lifestyle, working out in a salon." Mm-hmm. Um, and then I noticed that the type of people that came here were not your typical high maintenance hair clients. It's like somebody's going to come in and they might just say, hey, don't even blow dry my hair. I'm going to throw it in a ponytail and go up to Pilates. Oh my gosh, I love it. <laughs> so I, I am not a high maintenance hairstyle person. Like I don't, I have wavy hair. I wash, put a little product in and yeah. go. Um, so I'm not blowing my hair out. And I don't mind doing that for other people, just not my thing. And I do have some clients that spend more time on their hair as well. But so I was in this environment, and I was like, I really like it here. So I ended up getting a job here. And um, and then I built a clientele, and I wanted to work for myself. So I went out on my own um, for, I think it was like somewhere between six and eight years. And then I found out that the salon was sold to another woman, and she was having shoulder problems, and she wanted to to uh, leave leave the sporty look. Okay. Still called the sporty look. And um, one of the fitness instructors told me we kept in touch over all those years. She's like, you should look into it. And I was actually looking to open my own place at that time. I was looking at another location, and I was like. All my clients are from there. The majority. Mm-hmm. The beginning, it was all my clients are from here. The majority of my clients are from here. I was like, I've got it. Like, I love it. I, got, I remember I loved the place. So then I ended up coming back. And the, the funniest part is it was the same people coming in at the same time doing <laughs> the same exact thing. Oh, I love that so much. Okay, It so- was like I was gone for eight years or so, and it was like, I had left for a six-month vacation. Yep. You know what I mean? It didn't feel like that. Yes, yeah, some of the trainers changed, some of the tennis pros changed, but the clientele, the the majority of them were all still here. They were still coming for their tennis lesson at 10 o'clock on Friday. Mm-hmm. You know, they're still headed to class at 8 o'clock, you know, step or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. so good. Right. And that's that's what makes it. I, I'm lucky, and I can do. I feel a, a little bit more than the average person because yes, I still have to get up earlier, but I can 
go for my run, Mm -hmm. hit the weights. You know, I run right from my gym, hit the weights, shower here, and walk up the stairs Mm -hmm. to the salon. And I'm right here. So good. And if you have a cancellation, you can just squeak in another weight set or something. Exactly. So good. All right. So I have to ask, as obviously a sporty person with probably the same hair tendencies you have, is there anything someone like me, like, with you know, normal medium length hair should ask for that's like the easiest low maintenance kind of thing for someone who's, yeah, washing it like twice a day or getting it wet twice a day? Yeah. So the uh, one of the the tips that I would say that every athlete, female athlete, even male actually, to be honest, because I have a lot of men um, that use it as well. I would ask for dry shampoo. Okay. You ever have that workout that you squeak in, and then you're like, oh my gosh, I got to go meet somebody for. I got to go to my kids' parent teacher conference. I got to meet the girls for a drink, but I don't mm-hmm. have time to do my hair. I'm going to throw it up in a bun or a ponytail or you can even some can still wear it down. Mm-hmm. You throw some dry shampoo in, <laughs> the sweat is gone. It absorbs the sweat. Yep. The stinky smell is gone. It looks fresh. It looks revived. You're ready to go. Love it. Yeah. And then as far as like haircuts go, I guess, is there anything that makes sense to avoid as someone who is not going to do any kind of blow drying or anything? I mean, I think, (laughs) yeah, no, that's okay. I think it all depends on your hair texture. Like, do you have thick, coarse hair? Do you have thin, fine, straight hair? Do you have wavy hair? Do you have curly hair? What type of curl do you have? Um, I mean, it all, it all depends. I I mean, for me, everybody's different. But for me, as a non-styler, as a wash and go, Mm -hmm. dry shampooer um, here and there, I, you know, I have to have it at a length where, I can throw it up in a ponytail or a bun, Yep. throw it back in a braid so that I can go. That's my go-to. Like I taught yoga or I did yoga this morning. I teach tonight. I have a run. So I am in yoga clothes at work, which is awesome. I can yes. wear gym clothes to work <laughs> or, I can, or I can dress up. Um, and my hair is on a bun right now. So, yeah. And, yeah. I mean, I didn't even have time to do my styling, which consists of, washing it, throwing some product in it, and letting it air dry. We didn't even have time for that. So to me, I need to have it at a length that I can pull it up. I completely agree. I've spent four years now trying to get mine to that length, and it's finally in, like, ponytail bun length, and it's so much better. Everyone was always like, oh, wasn't it easy with short hair? I'm like, no, are you kidding me? You have to do things when it's like that. And you have to be diligent about regular haircuts as well. Exactly. Which is, you know, we don't always have the time for that. No. And, and um, I feel like both you and I are fairly lucky. We don't have to, like, dress up in heels and a suit and Darn have, right. <laughs> like, our hair each strand in every, you know, in its perfect spot. So um, I can come to work with my hair in a bun, mm-hmm. um, in workout clothes. I'm pretty lucky. You could be in your pajamas right now because we're on the phone, you know? Um, There's a chance I am in my pajamas right now. I'm not going to lie. So we don't, I mean, that's, we're fortunate and then that we're, we're able to do that. So um, for those of you that work in an office and have to do your hair, dry shampoo. That's all I can say. Yep. And brush it out after your workout. I'm not sure. I love that. 
Okay, let's jump back to yoga for a hot second here. Because when did you get into yoga and what made you decide to start teaching it? So I have been doing yoga um, for 17 years when I started running. Okay. And I started, I started with a home DVD. And then, um, then in the gym, I was, I was working out here, um, one of my nail clients was a yoga instructor here. And she's like, oh, you need to come to my class. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to your class. <laughs> and at that point, I was big into hitting the weights. I still ran, but, I, you know, three miles and then five, six miles on the weekend. So I was mm-hmm. big into hitting the weights. And then one, my personal trainer, she's like, let's go to Sandy's yoga class. So we went to Sandy's yoga class. I remember it was a 7 o'clock on a Wednesday night. This is 17 years ago. 7 o'clock on a Wednesday night, and you're, you know, you're in your yoga clothes. I remember going, and then at the end, I felt so good. I was so relaxed. I drove home. I don't even know, because it wasn't, like, vigorous yoga, so mm-hmm. I wasn't sweaty. I, don't even, I didn't even change into my pajamas. I crawled. I brushed my teeth washed my face and crawled into bed and had like the best night's sleep ever. I love that. So, yeah, that's how it started. And then I just was coming to this gym and doing um, gym yoga here. And then um, I had a good friend and she was a yoga instructor and I still wasn't even really thinking about it um, until later. Then it was just like, I think I like the yoga lifestyle. There's different, there's many different levels of, of the lifestyle, but I'm a vegan it aligns with the yoga principles, not that you have to be a vegan to do yoga by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like the meditation aspect. Medi- meditation trains your brain. And as an athlete um, of any sport, especially endurance and um, ultra marathon running, you really need to work on your brain a lot mm-hmm. um, when you get out there in, in those tough spots. So I was like, I like that aspect of it. Um, you do you do breath work as well. So there's breath work training. You need that for, for running or cycling or swimming or any of those things. Absolutely. So I, I was like, this is really kind of like my lifestyle that I, I kind of already do and I'd like to further it. Mm-hmm. And so I thought about it. I want to say, I can't remember, maybe three, four years. And then I just decided I'm going to interview some studios and see what they have to offer. Um, to find the best one that fits my needs. So I did that, and then um, I found the studio that I'm at and a part of now, and um, I love it. It's everything I hoped for and and more. It's great. I love that, and I also love that you actually, like, looked at different studios to figure out which one made the most sense for you. Yeah, you know, um, the sport I do, the job I do, it beats my body up. Mm-hmm. Um there's a lot of injured people out there that take yoga. You really see it in the gym a lot as well. People go in and experience. They do these different things, um, and they get injured. So when I went and I was looking, I looked for an alignment-based studio. So we actually teach off the mat. Um, we're not in front of the room telling you what to do um, or showing you what to do. We're walking around um, mm-hmm. lightly making adjustments if somebody's in an unsafe position or helping you get deeper into a position um, that you're already great at. So it's basically just making sure everybody um, is safe while they're practicing. 
And that, to me, was really important because I wanted to be safe, and I didn't want to injure myself either. I want to run. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So what what kind of yoga do you – like, does it have a name, or is it just sort of – well, yoga. it's basically, it stems from Hatha, the okay. Hatha yoga practice, um, but the studio um, and the type of yoga that we do is called Honest Yoga. Um, that's the name of the studio, and it's the style that she teaches that she um, created. Oh, I like that name. Yes. Yep. That's great. And then actually, on that note, um, when you have people in yoga, is there anything that you kind of like a, I guess, PSA for people taking yoga. So to me, like the big thing is, you know, it's not a competitive sport. And I mean, I'm sure you, you probably understand this more than, you know, some people, right? Like we're, we're competitive people. Like it's hard to, it's hard to lose yoga. But for me, I know I need to lose yoga sometimes. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it would be like your practice is your practice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I show up every day pretty much at the same time um, for my morning practice. And my friend is beside me. She's been doing yoga for 20 years. She's awesome. We both have our different strengths and weaknesses. She can nail some poses that I can't. So I don't look at her and say, well, I want to go into forearm balance and, you know, do scorpion. Yeah. You know, just because she's doing it. Um, she might be doing a handstand when we're inverting. I might just be doing a headstand, not just, I'm not, you know, yeah. but <laughs> you know, generally you start from headstand and graduate to handstand. So I don't look at her and say, Oh, she's doing a headstand. I need to do a, um, a handstand, you know, or vice versa. Mm-hmm. And, um, I just kind of stay within my own limits. I listen to my body and I do what feels best for me. Sometimes, I mean, I can bind into a lot of different poses. Some days I show up, I can't. I can't even bind. And it's just where your body is at that day. Some days I can balance and nothing can make me tip over. Other days, you know, that doesn't happen. So I say really listen to your body, and it does not matter what anybody else is doing in the class at all. And we're in a very non-competitive studio, which is great. So it's not like everyone has to show up in their specific brand outfit Mm-hmm. you know with you know this type of mat and this type of strap and this type of block everybody shows up on their own level their own style and they they do their own practice in fact if somebody hits a pose that you know you can kind of tell someone's been trying to nail a certain pose and they hit it sometimes we clap it sounds corny but we're like Aww. we'll clap or we'll be like oh yeah great job molly you know way to nail your handstand or Oh, that's awesome. Anything like that. I it's not that. like, oh, well, Molly did a handstand. Now I'm going to go home and practice until yeah, I can do no, a handstand. we're all grumpy about it. <laughs> right. So it's a very um, family-style, supportive, non-competitive place. Oh, that's so cool. I love that. Awesome. Well, I think that just about wraps it up. Any other messages about ultra running, yoga, hair, anything that you want to get out there, veganism, etc.? <laughs> No, just, you know, if you want to get into running, you know, and you've never ran before, you should try it because I hated running in the beginning. Oh, I know. I hated it. It was like, but if you keep out of it, or you keep at it, I mean, you end up crossing a line 
at some point sooner, way sooner than you would expect. And you're like, I, how did I live without this before? Uh, I completely agree. Any day now that I don't get to, I mean, at least like ride or run or swim or something, like I'm miserable by the end of the day. I always think like, oh, cool, off day. I'm so grumpy. Yeah, yeah. That's your day you need to put in some yoga. Exactly. There you go. You'll get your heart rate up a little bit, but mm-hmm. you'll be doing your breath work at the same time. I will but give yeah. myself credit. I have my, I do like 15 minutes every morning of like core slash yoga. There's like a yoga flow and some planks and all that. So I nice. I am a mess if I don't do it though. <laughs> it's Good. so bad. I get so grumpy. So Good. That's awesome. Yeah. I would just say like, you want to run? Start with a 5k. Absolutely. Yeah. Start doing a run walk. You know, run yeah. for three minutes, walk for a minute. I mean, maybe you run for a minute, walk for a minute. Yeah. And you slowly build up and you, then you change that from running from one minute to two minutes and walk one minute and then three and then four, you know. And the next thing you know, you're running the whole 5K. Exactly. Sign up for a race, set a goal, be mm-hmm. committed, go there. You will not be the last person. Yes. Across the finish line. And if you are, who cares? Who cares? You did it. Exactly. Awesome, Tara. All right. Tell everybody where they can find you on the interwebs. I am on social media. So I can be found on Instagram at mayo underscore Tara. And you have awesome. You had like the coolest yoga pose thing today with what was it? Three or four people piled up. We did a three-plank stack. So cool. It was so much fun. That was a lot of fun. Um, and then I linked you to – will you be putting the links? Um, yes, links will on all your be in the show notes. Yeah, so evolutionhealthandwellness.com. Health, um, mm-hmm. You can find me on there. I do health coaching. Perfect. And um, I'm also on Facebook. Awesome. Yeah, and we'll have all those links in the show notes and tons of other stuff. Thank you so much, Tara. It was awesome chatting with you again. I admit, if I hadn't had a podcast, I would have started one, so I had another excuse to chat. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Molly. And eventually, I will get to Vermont for a haircut and a yoga class. There we go. We can go for a hike. Yes. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your day. Have a good run, etc. Now, a quick word from one of our sponsors. Do you love reading about the outdoors? Ever wonder about what gear you should clean more often or ways to fit that pesky core workout into your week? These topics are exactly what the Outdoor Edit deals with every day. Functional and practical articles to get you moving more however you want to move. Follow the Outdoor Edit over at theoutdooredit.com and subscribe to their newsletter for a free ebook on the art of active travel. Now, back to the show. Thanks so much for listening to the Consummate Athlete Podcast. We would love if you would head over to iTunes and leave us a review. And while you're there, consider subscribing. We'd also love to connect over at Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Molly J. Herford and Peter is at Peter Glassford. If you have ideas or questions from today's podcast, or you just want to browse some of the show notes and past shows, You can also check us out at consummateathlete.com. Thanks, guys, and we will see you next time.